Cliff Central is turning one, and to celebrate, we're giving away half a million rand in smartphones. Half a million rand in smartphones. You could win just by listening to Cliff Central on WeChat every day during every show. Yeah, baby. If you want an upgrade or you need a new smartphone, we'll hook you up. Win with Cliff Central and WeChat for the month of April and visit cliffcentral.com for details. T's and C's apply. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. And you're listening to Womanza and I'm Pumi Mashekho. It's 8 minutes past 12. And I have Alan Ford has come on the show with me to chat with me. And we've got a guest on the line well, because xenophobia is still with us. Even though we're still hashtagging no to xenophobia, there's still lots of help that you can give to people out there. And we've got Gia on the line. But first, Alan Ford, you tell us the story. Well, I've got to tell you something. You know, first and foremost, thank you. And of course, this is about, I saw something incredible today. And this is the power of women. And this is what your show's about. I saw something on Facebook from a friend of mine who said, guys, I'd like to make an appeal if you can help contribute something towards these different depots of which people, all these different, should we call them refugee camps, where just alone in Johannesburg, we have a thousand people that have been dispersed. In KwaZulu-Natal, yeah. 5,000 5, people displaced. Um, and it's it's sad. It is a sad circumstance that, you know, let's not make this a color issue. Let's not make this a race issue. Let's not make this a country issue. This is a human issue. How do we treat our fellow man, okay, with at least the honor and dignity or fellow beings that we would rather, you know, we would treat a dog it's better okay, than we treat It's okay. You can say people. man on our show. Yeah, man or woman. But that, 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 that matter. And so a, a friend of mine gave me, I was driving off to Cliff Central just to come and sort something out. And, and I went past her home where I saw 10 women packing boxes and boxes, a phenomenal amount of product that are going off to the four different stations. Now, when I'm talking about, I'm talking about a thousand toothbrushes, toothpaste, nappies, sanitary pads, clothes, the abundance of clothes and good clothes, because I still had to go through the boxes helping, well, I helped them. Of move course it. you had to go no, through the clothes. No, but, 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 no, but there was no um, holes. Good clothing that people in this little community of hers that she created did. Now, Gia is a transformational expert and one of the top guides, okay, and healers in South Africa. Okay, I'm, you know, she can explain it to you. But just to get her little group to do this, here in the heart of, 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 of Ravonia, well, Woodmead, was absolutely incredible. And it was a call that we can all just do something. And that's just what it's about. So it's not about saying, well, of course we say no to xenophobia, of course. But it's, what? how do you action that? How do you do something? If you're feeling helpless. I mean, I've been speaking to so many different people. And even though they've put it out on their Facebooks, just the the helplessness. The what can I do? What can I do? Well, here's someone who did it. (laughs) And and this is it. You know, find, find it on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, find a community, be part of that community. Even if you're just giving one toothbrush, that toothbrush will make a difference to that one person. Well, it was incredible, the amount of stuff. It is unbelievable. But she's on the line. She'll tell you all about it. Gia. Gia, are you there? Gia, are you there? I think we lost Gia. We'll get Gia back we on the line I think we lost it. We're going to get her back just now on the line. Okay, but do you see how incredible that is? But that's why that's why it's called Womandla. You exactly. Know, and it's just... Just one person to stand up 
and make it happen. Just one person to say, <laughs> we need we need to do something. And if you want to do well, something, Ellen, do you know believe. what the address is? Do you know what Gia's address is where people can, or what her Facebook page is so that well, people can Gia get Well, it's Gia Maya Bass, but she's going to tell us all about it in a moment. Spell it. We'll get it on the line. Gia Maya Bass. G-I-A is her first name. Maya, M-Y-E-R, and B-A-S-S, Gia Maya Bass. So that's, uh, but we'll talk about, but the incredible thing is that this, this woman in this community that, that, is, that just did this was just. Gia, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, Gia. Yes, Thank you for coming on. I know it's like very last minute, but you're doing very something incredibly amazing. And Alan was just telling us about how you just felt you needed to do something and just got it started. Where did you start? How can people help? Okay, so basically I was seeing on social media, everybody um, just so aghast at what was happening. And I think the trigger was the murder of Emmanuel Fattori on Saturday in Alex, that people were just standing around and not defending him out of fear, which is totally understood. And I thought, I do not want to be a complaining South African. I want to help. And I put out a message on social media and to my uh, contact list, and people responded incredibly. I am overwhelmed with boxes to pack and organizations to help. But I would like to say this as well. As much as we've been overwhelmed with help, we actually have so much, and a lot of the depots are now stockpiling, which is amazing because over the coming weeks they're going to need it. But we also ask fellow South Africans to donate to our own because I think there's millions of organizations who would love half of what I have in my garage of toiletries, sanitary pads, food, tinned foods, babies' clothes, as well as the xenophobic victims. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to send you something, if they want to come and help? Even if, if I don't have something to send, but I've got a little bit of time on my hands and I want to come and help you pack, how do I get a hold Fantastic. of you? Fantastic. Um, my email address, can I give that to you? Yes, please. It's all lowercase, B-A-S-S, as in Beth, underscore G-I-A, at yahoo.com. It's absolutely incredible. That's really absolutely incredible. I mean, look at these incredible. photographs. Look at these photos. I mean, that just shows the packing, the thousands of, of items that people are going to get. I mean, those are th- thousands and thousands. Gia, of the yes. stuff that you got, so if I'm sitting at home and I really, I want to help, I want to purchase something, I've got stuff in my cupboard, what are the kinds of things that people need? What are the needs that you've identified that you're getting out there to people? Okay, so a lot of babies, nappies, formula, sanitizer, um, Babies' wipes, um, canned food such as corned beef, baked beans, soyamins in boxes. Um, also, what they've called for is a lot of styrofoam, so plates, containers for people to eat off because they don't have washing facilities, so they are like using and throwing. So I think that that's the main things. And then there's, they've asked for empty cold drink bottles um, to carry water in and um, toilet paper. So I would say that those are the main things. But as I say, we, we would love as much as possible. And we are sending out four deliveries today. Um, one is going to Durban because there's 8,000 displaced in Durban. But another call for fellow South Africans, maybe separate half and half. And where are the centers in Johannesburg if people want to go directly to drop off stuff if they can't get hold of you, but they're in the area? Where are the centers in Johannesburg? There is an amazing group on Facebook. I don't know who started it, but I joined, um, called Johannesburg for Xenophobia. 
or xenophobia in Johannesburg. I'm not don't remember exactly. And there are continual updates um, every day, sometimes twice a day, as who wants what and where. So I know that the Methodist churches are helping, the gifts of the givers, um, as well as an organization called Biachad. So the best thing is to go onto there, and, and you can actually see the updates. Who needs volunteers? Who needs toilet paper? Which organizations with their addresses and their phone numbers? Gia, you are absolutely an inspiration and absolutely amazing. Thank you for starting the initiative that you have started, and thank you for coming on and chatting with us. I really wish you the best of luck. And that email address again so people can email you if they need to get in touch with you. It's B-A-S-S, lowercase, underscore, G-I-A, at yahoo.com. Fantastic. Thank you very much, and good luck with all the efforts, and kudos to you. You're one of those South Africans that we all look up to. It takes a team effort, and I have a whole team with me. So <laughs> it's thank you to and thank you to everybody who's donated. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Once again, okay. if you're listening to the show and you you want to help, you can go onto Facebook, go onto those social media platforms. The little that you can give goes a very long way. The time that you can give. Go out there, help where you can. Just let's show the world that this is a very small group of people or a very small group of disgruntled criminals, actually, and it's not South Africans. South Africans are not about that. Alan, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for doing the story. What a great power of woman. eh? (laughs) Power of woman, Um, baby. uh, Woman. I ate. And I can't get my song, but my guest has now made it to the studio. Lodi, thank you so much. It, it's one of those crazy, crazy, crazy moments, but you're here. You made it now. So it's wonderful. Moving right. Please come and sit on this mic here next to me. This is the one where you have to be. We're talking about, speaking of the power of women, I think there's an incredible power sweeping through pop culture at the moment. We're watching, I am in growth, like I can't get away from it. I can't stop watching. I, every single, every single Thursday night, it's on BET at the moment, being Mary Jane. I feel like for the first time ever on TV, there, everybody is out there watching the trials and tribulations of my own personal life. It's an amazing show. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be unpacking why this show, Being Mary Jane, has taken over South Africa's airwaves the way that it has and why it's so relevant to us, even though it's all the way over there in the States that it has been set up. I've got with me in the studio a cinema lover and student and a blogger. Afro Cinefiend is her Twitter handle at Afro Cinefiend. So you can follow her to list, to check out all the amazing things that she's got to say about cinema. But today we're talking about, but before we even talk about Mary Jane, I just want to know Afro Cinefiend, what's that all about? That's a crazy little handle. Uh, I'm African. <laughs> I like cinema. And I consume it like a fiend. And you consume it like a fiend. You have to talk up a little bit. You have to, you know how, like I'm how right Mary here. Jane is. Is this a bit, a bit better? Close up to the mic like you're about to give it a blowjob. That's how you have to be. Haven't done that in a while, Pumi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what that's about. It's okay, but all the eye candy on being Mary Jane is worth it. Yeah, it, it makes should, up for it. It makes up for it. And why did you feel that you wanted to start a blog talking about cinema, talking about TV series, talking about 
um, what we're watching every day. I mean, millions and millions of us in the country and across the world are glued to our screens with the trials and tribulations of this poor young lady. I mean, other than, I mean, before we get into being Mary Jane and she's a conundrum, um, wanted to create the, um, wanted to create the, the podcast, um, because I've always wanted to create a platform where I can discuss the films that I'm watching with other people. I, I, like I said, I watch way too much TV, uh, and way too much, uh, I watch a lot of films and I just needed like a place to, to like a sounding board. And, um, you inviting me on your show is perfect. You yourself are a filmmaker and a producer. Yes, I'm a filmmaker and a producer. Does that mean you pick it all apart or do you, do you actually have the watcher's perspective too? Um, it has to be really, really good for me to just delve into it. I just have to be hooked on one thing. If it's, and it's usually story. If the story is really, really good and they somehow manage to get some good enough actors, but if it's really, really good, then I'm engaged. If it has all of that, you can tell that there's great production um, design in the back. You know that the director is working with actors that know what they're doing and the script is just amazing. And so, um, yeah, that's what I look for. I can disconnect the filmmaker's brain and just watch and enjoy. And I do that a lot, in fact. I I mean, yeah, I I can watch reality TV and cry, so. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't knock the reality, don't knock the reality. I don't, I don't. Being Mary Jane Mm -hmm. has taken over. It's just aired its finale in America. There was a lot of hoo-ha on the internet about it. We're here in South Africa only on season two. Season two, episode four, I think, is coming on Thursday. Tomorrow on BET. And But we're also hooked. But I only got hooked in the second season because I missed the first season. And, And so I'm only now beginning to watch. And I thought this show would be perfect to kind of unpack it for those of us that are sitting out there. If you've been watching Being Mary Jane and you want to contribute to the show, give us a call. Tell us what you think, what you like, what you hate, what you think about Mary Jane. You can call us into the studio in 0861-189-555-189. Or you can... WeChat uh, message us directly to the studio or you can on at Pumemashiko1 send us your messages. Let's hear what you think. But being Mary Jane, right? Okay. That first episode <laughs> is like mind blowing. Can I, I need to, I need to shout out the people who are behind the scenes because being a writer and a producer, um, we, we see, um, Gabrielle Union, who is the lead actress as the face for being Mary Jane. But there's a very strong black woman behind it. And her name is Mara Brock Akil. Uh, I think um, her maiden surname is Brock, and she's now married to another filmmaker, and they actually own Akil Productions, which is what produces the company that produces Being Mary Jane. And Mara Brock, as we were talking when we were uh, preparing for the show, um, her first writing job after graduating was on a series that we all loved here in South Africa back in the 90s, and it was called South Central. And uh, for people my age will all remember Lorenz Tate in it. (laughs) He's still hot. He's still hot. <laughs> He's in fact a director as well. Uh-huh. So that was her first, first job. And just from that um, series alone, you can tell where the trajectory of her career. She was always going to tell stories about women, black women, if Hollywood would allow her. And I think she's done pretty well for herself. She went on to um, become, I think her first producer title was on Moesha. She was working on um, the Moesha Jamie Fox, that had Brandy. That had Brandy. She was working on the Jamie Foxx show. And she was the creator of Girlfriends. 
other very famous sitcom that there was no, at some point there was no other black TV series that had the amount of money, the budget that it had. I remember they were producing, it was like a million dollars per episode. That's how much money was going into. So she, along with Kelsey Grammer, were the exec producers on that show. And so, um, being and Mary she's Jane, awarded. She's won she's, lots and lots of she's awards. She's been awarded. She's recognized in the industry and she's done very well for herself. In fact, she, along with Ava DuVernay, who is the director of Selma, um, Debbie Allen of Fame Fame, if anybody remembers, um, Felicia Rassad's sister, that is, and uh, Issa Rae of the Awkward Black Girl YouTube Fame, as well as um, who else? Oh, Ra- Shonda Rhimes are on the cover of Essence. So there's like, as you were talking about, there's a revolution of sorts happening, and the, it seems they seem to be black women at the forefront of television and film. You know, it's not just. I mean, Shonda is, you know, she's the kingpin. Yeah, she's, but, and she's Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> she's it. She's everybody's following her, and those ladies and Mara joins those women, and they're on the cover of Essence magazine, and so she's done pretty well for herself. And I think um, being Mary Jane, the latest installment is is a great, great tra- trajectory of her career. And so there's game changers is what the the headline says. Yeah. But why is this show so much of a game changer? I think you know the the show resonates on very many levels but why is this show in particular one that has gripped the imaginations of so many women um i think i think it's because although we loved sex in the city we it was a white woman's perspective on being single and dating in new york and we had never uh, seen a character like mary jane uh, complex as she is, because that's the other thing, she's layered. Um, and we were talking yesterday that she's not a particularly likable character. I don't necessarily like Mary Jane, um, but I identify so much with her as a single girl. And so she's used as a vehicle to, um, to, to touch on a lot of subjects, you know, but the essence of it is being a black, uh, professional woman in America today and being single, of course. So I can see why the show in America would resonate. But here in South Africa, I see when I'm on Twitter, when the show is on, which is how I got hooked onto it, is on Twitter, on Facebook, people are always talking about being Mary Jane. And for a long time, I didn't know what was going on with that. Why is it so particularly relevant for women here as well? I mean, it's an American woman's experience. It's an American show, but... and this is after having spent a little time in the States, I found that I feel like African-Americans and South Amer- South Africans have a lot more in common than any other people in the world, I think. We have experienced the same kind of trauma, and we're still going through it right now. It's weird that a minority um, in another country would have... We would have the exact same problems that we are experiencing as a majority in this country. And that speaks purely to... Um, the idea of a liberated mind or a freed mind, an educated mind, and being imprisoned by that, not necessarily, you know, the population dictating whether, just because you're a minority does not necessarily mean you're the people in power, that you're in control of your life, that you have agency. And so I think many parallels can be drawn. Mary Jane being a token black uh, um, journal a journalist on the network, this is in the show, um, is not unusual in South Africa to be a token black 
on a show or on a network, you know, because the premise is not that uh, the uh, demographics of the country are represented everywhere, you know. And so that's why people can identify. They can identify um, how she's probably work, walking on eggshells when she's at the office. They, they can identify um, with uh, the, the, the dilemma of, the weave versus natural hair. What is what is appropriate for the corporate environment? So I binge watched this the season to be able to have this conversation yeah. today. And and there's the scene where they they want to send her out, and there's a hurricane or something. There's yeah. rain everywhere, and she's just like uh, to her producer, who's also her friend. I'm not going. Have you ever seen me in the rain? It's cold. Hairline. <laughs> you know, that was just. Yeah. That was so amazing. I was just like. She just said that. That's how they, they try to be as frank as possible. And I think they really, really do push the envelope in that sense. The, I mean, uh, the first season. Okay, let's just go back to the first season. Those that maybe, I don't know if it I ever flighted in South Africa on BET. But the first season we were introduced to Mary Jane. The majority of the show of the series was based on her trying to get um, back the love of her life. So it started with, it, it's about regret, the regretting that she had spent so much time focusing on her career. And it's the same dilemma for her producer as well. Um, Who's a divorced white woman. Is, she's, she's Latina. She's Latina. Yeah, okay. So there are those, you know, layers as well. Um, America specific, but yeah, layers. Um, and uh, the, fr- the friend is getting divorced. So she's in the midst of that turmoil. Um, getting back the love of her life. They also touch on the fact that she's late into her thirties and she's getting broody and is actually thinking about wanting to have a child. And she goes to extreme lengths, like stealing sperm. She steals <laughs> her um, childhood sweetheart's sperm and puts it in the <laughs> fridge. I know that's those are the kind of things that can happen on TV. Really. Um, I'm sure they can happen in real life too. Yeah. And then there's also the crazy dating scene and how, you know, difficult that is. And again, just the work-life balance and a complicated family life. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the complicated family life for a second. Because when, when I was watching, I, the thing that, that also for me has been pulling me into this show so much more is like I see every family from the township in her family. Mm. I see the deadbeat brother. Mm-hmm. I see the brother that's trying to go somewhere. He's studied and, mm. you know, but he just can't get out, get the good job, get out of the mm. ghetto. The the complex mother-daughter relationship, mm. her having pulled herself out of that, mm-hmm. but is still so tied down mm. by all the complexities. That was just classic South Africa. Yeah, me. the and the idea that although they may be wealthy, it doesn't mean there isn't a myriad of like um, social or economic classes within the actual family. So her brother is an ex junkie. He's got like he had two kids and now has like a two year old with a white woman who at some point who the mother refuses to the acknowledge. Mother refuses to acknowledge. The other thing about the mother is she's so caught up in. Um, 
keeping up with the Joneses. So you have that dilemma as well. So she's always worried about what it is Mary Jane is doing on TV. Is Mary Jane embarrassing us? Why would she say that? She's she's not always proud of what it is Mary Jane does. So that's the that's the humor there. And and I mean Eddie Murphy said this. He was like family is an equalizer. He's like there's nothing like he's like Christmas time in the family you'll be sitting opposite your uncle who just came out of jail. He's like you, who's Eddie Murphy, who lives this fabulous life. And then your family will bring you back down to earth and say, well, this is what life is about. And being Mary Jane is that. She lives in the most fabulous home. Her parents have done pretty well for themselves. But then every now and then her brother will still call for that. You know, he needs an extra $200 here or there. You know, And that speaks to, I think, what South Africans experience as well. Because although those of us that live in Danefern still go home to the parent in Soweto. You know, that isn't weird that that happens. That if you've got a cushy job and you're driving a Porsche doesn't mean um, you're just taking care of yourself. You're taking care of you, your sister and her children, your cousins, um, relatives. It goes much, it's, it's, yeah, that's the complexity of a black family. That is the complexity of a black family. And just speaking of some of the complexities, I'm going to let you catch your breath uh, We and take you here for a second. I don't know why I can't play. Duncan, I need your help, please. <laughs> well, Duncan comes to help us out. Now, the stuff that happens to Mary Jane one of the things that I cannot get over is how open and frank she is about her sex life, which even for me is still a little bit like shocking and scary. Thank you, Danke. Still shocking and scary, even after Sex and the City, because the, it's the black quintessential black woman has to like be proper. It's, it's a, you know, there's, there are certain things that you can't, there's a filter of culture that you can't remove, that you can't remove, um, that you can't remove from a person's experience. It is, you experience things as a black woman. Sure, you can experience certain things as a woman, but <laughs> you, you being black is integral to that, you know? So, um, that's why it's so interesting. You've never seen some of these things before on TV. You've never, You've never seen them. And so, yeah, that's, that's what is a, that's what's amazing I about to, it. I, wa- I wanted to share this little scene from the show with the listeners. It, it should be, yeah. So she's just made. She's just made herself available for a booty call. Yeah. And then leaves and then comes back. And goes into her office and reaches into the drawer and that sound comes on. I know we don't like to talk about vibrators out loud. There's another show for that. But to see her in the office with the vibrator and and that music that we all know and love. Of course. Absolutely shocking. But the next conversation that she has after that, yeah, which which is, is also she she then phones her producer. Hey, what are you doing? Finally eating, girl. Ask me what I'm doing. What are you doing? Calling out to dinner with David. It's almost midnight. 
You do know this is a booty call, right? Yes. Did you masturbate? Yes. Twice, girl. Good girl. Now you can talk to him with a clear head. And hopefully you won't give him any. Did you give John some? <sighs> Turd waits till we're divorced to help the boys with their homework. Was it that sexy? You'll see one day. Will I? Oh, sad Susie, stop it. Be happy we live in a time where men take little blue pills and women can freeze their eggs. So you guys getting back together? No. He wanted to talk about some tax stuff. Looks like we're going to take a bigger hit than we expected. So just that little conversation for me was like, what it's just a lot. happened here? A lot happened. I mean, you can, there are a lot of things happening. First of all, it's late, late at night and Mary Jane is still at the office. The little noise that you can hear at the back is the cleaning ladies are there. So it's past midnight and they're cleaning the office and she's still at the office. That speaks to the trying to balance this work-life thing and being single and the job automatically taking over your life. And that's that's Mary Jane's dilemma. But then she calls her boss after she has sorted herself out. She has to, you know, what's amazing about that scene, and I think that's what sold me on it was, um, the idea that a woman has a libido that could be just as, I don't know, powerful or strong as a man's. It's all, it's about control that when you go out on a date, you're also trying to hold yourself back. You know, we got hidden bonus too. Like, I don't know. And that has never been shown. It's never been shown on TV. Not only that, the idea that she has a vibrator at the ready, like it's a practical thing. Gotta sort myself out before I go and I make some stupid mistakes. (laughs) Right? I do have to take a, catch my breath, take a break and take you here for a second. Duncan sorted us out. If you want to succeed, you have to go to school. If you want to be big and strong, you need to eat good. No matter what, there's nothing more important than family. There are so many children like me in South Africa that also don't have any of these things. If you could change this, would you? By clicking a like button on Facebook, you can help get children from cradle to career with Africa Tukun. Visit likechange.africatukun.org. It has been locked away from the eyes of the world. Chained, never to be released. But now, it wants to get out. Stay tuned to Cliff Central weekdays to find out how you can unleash the Jeep Renegade. Find hidden codes and videos posted by Jeep SA and you could win Jeep Renegade prizes. As well as become the person to single-handedly unleash the Jeep Renegade upon the shores of South Africa. Are you renegade enough? I'm a renegade, I just hit the ground running. Visit unleashrenegade.co.za to find out. T's and C's apply. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. We're keeping it real. You're listening to Amanda and I'm Pumema Shekho with my guest, Atsini Fiend. We're talking about the phenomenon that is being Mary Jane and mm-hmm. what it actually means for the South African viewer and why women here in this country have completely taken on this show and are loving it so much and why it's taken over our Twitter timelines. It's taken Twitter over sphere. <laughs> our Twitter sphere. It's on black Twitter, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, 
just before we, we went on that break, we were chatting about the scene where she's at the office late at night and is about to go on a date, but decides that she, she needs to sort herself out with a vibrator. Mm-hmm. That's iconic. It is iconic. We've never seen that before when it comes to, to women, definitely much less when it comes to black women because they're not portrayed in that way. What are the standout kind of iconic moments in this show? If you haven't seen season one, that if you're going to go back and watch it, you should look out for. One of the um, scenes for, so one of the uh, storylines in the first season is that Mary Jane is having an, uh, her boyfriend, it turns out is married and then it, and it turns out she's having an affair and it becomes this complex relationship that she just can't break off. The scene where the wife comes to her office. Yes, that's iconic and the way they have a civil conversation, but it wasn't that scene that I wanted to refer to. I wanted to refer to the scene where the husband and that wife, so Mary Jane's fling, and the wife have the most intense, complicated conversation about what it is at stake that they are, what, what is at stake if they were to get divorced. And that, I don't think I've ever seen that because it wasn't a matter, it wasn't a simple matter of you've cheated and now I want nothing to, to do with you. It was about the life that they've lived, what they've built together. It was this long, long drawn out, um, it was very, it was very dramatically shot and edited, but I'd never seen anything as honest as that because from the outside it's very simple when you look in on relationships and you just think he cheated or she cheated it's a black and white yeah, situation it's never life is not black i mean we're just it's just a, a gooey mess of gray is what we live in basically <laughs> and that was iconic that was iconic um and they gave it they give it time the other thing that um they do in being mary jane is her talk show in season one actually has real life events some of them the the characters that come on are, are real life characters speaking on their real life issues in fact she had Eva duvernay come on as the director of middle of nowhere this was before selma was released and middle of nowhere is about a girlfriend who has a, a boyfriend in prison and she was talking about the issue of uh how families are disconnected um, from their loved ones in prison, as in it costs like $30 to make a phone call. It's two hour drive to get there. They, uh, they literally try and isolate the people that are in jail from their families. And considering that close to 60% of people in jails in America are black, of course it affects the black community. And that was a real issue, but it was on the, on Mary Jane's show, like a normal topic. So those are the kind of things that happened that were just, I just found amazing. But yeah, that, the, Conversation with the wife was amazing too, but the, that that husband and and um, uh, wife conversation for me was also really really amazing. In season two, I know because you're a fiend, mm-hmm. unlike some of us who are a little an Afro fiend, an Afro fiend. <laughs> so you you're abreast. You've been watching season two as they've been watching it direct from the USA. In, yeah, I can't. I couldn't wait. I just, <laughs> you couldn't wait. I couldn't. What is coming up in season two? Well, what you can look forward to is um, delving more and more into, I feel like, Mary Jane's psyche. I feel like a, a season two was based on Mary, Mary Jane's psychological well-being and became more metaphorical than uh, story-led like it was in season one. So it deals with, um, sure, she wants to have a baby, but okay, let's unpack that. 
How badly does she want to have a baby? At what cost? And what is it doing to her that she doesn't have a baby right now? She begins to express explicitly what she feels like right now. And so um, that's interesting. And of course, there's the career, the trajectory of the career and the complex family life. Complex family life, mother-daughter relationship. Mother-daughter relationship. I wanted to add, though, the other amazing thing that makes the series amazing is the amazing eye candy that's on. I mean, you get eye candy and then you get, and we were talking about it and I was like, it's, I, we would, I, Coined it the fem the female gaze. They have the the male gaze in where uh, women are objectified and viewed in a particular manner. This was very obviously a female gaze. The way they shot the guys, it was shot from the perspective of a woman. I have to note that Regina King of um, yes, Re- Regina, everybody knows Regina King. We Regina King from with, po- Poetic Justice and Friday and all of she. Was one of the directors in season two, so she directed a couple of the episodes, a lot of the episodes. You just look at the, the she's, credits. She's also in what's the movie with the sports uh, agent? Um, uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, yeah. She was crazy yeah. in that. No, she's also in um, uh, Ray with Jamie Fox, and she's that wife that leaves. You know when she sings? Oh the, yes, oh, oh Jack. <laughs> Yeah, so she's she's amazing. Don't she's abuse just, my mic. You're not allowed to sing here. You're just here to talk about cinema. She's, she's amazing in front and, and behind the screen. She's one of those successful black actors that you don't necessarily hear about because she's also one of the voices on, um, is it Huey? Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, 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 uh, and comedy. But so she's more than just an yeah, actress. She is. She's one of the, she is. So they, there's strong boondocks. Writer. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so delayed. That's so delayed. But the the so just very quickly before you 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 take us through this test, but the mother daughter relationship because I think every girl, black yeah. and white, there are some really tense moments in those relationships, mm. and there are so many between Mary Jane and her mother. Mm. It's the feeling like Mary Jane was born to the wrong mother, and you see. That kind of relationship. Do you know what I mean? Um, Mary Jane is nothing like what her mother would have wanted. I think her mother would have loved a debutante because they're in Atlanta and Atlanta has that kind of rich black, um, class, you know, like uh, affluent black people that have been there since the slaves were freed. And so they have these cotillion balls and debutante balls. And so in her mind, Mary Jane didn't quite live up to that. She didn't go she for the dream. She should have been a wife. She should have been, should a, have been a wife. She's, but she's on TV making a fool of herself. Is her mother's at no point does her mom say, you're oh my God, what a job. great show. Yeah. You're good at your job. Never happens. And we see a lot of outsiders tell Mary Jane that and yeah. never see her family tell her that. No. You know, everywhere she goes, people want to take pictures with her and, yeah. and all of that. And, and even that external validation versus home validation. Unfortunately. So there are th- two girlfriends in Mary Jane's life. One's getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And she has one- a best friend who in season one also has um, a, a mental illness. And in season two, we unpack that a little bit as she actually tackles it. So that's another thing, talking about mental illness in a candid way about her needing help. I think she tries to commit suicide in season uh, one and she, and this is somebody who she's a gynecologist, like pretty 
a professional, successful in every sense of the word, and is obviously battling a demon that is unseen. So, you, you brought us a test. Tell us. I can't even say the Bechdel. It's the Bechdel test. <laughs> tell tell us about this test. So the this test was um, devised, and I I read about it again. Did a little more research, and it wasn't jest. This person was doing it jokingly, but it's actually been used, and it's online. And I forgot her name, but she's actually there's a Broadway play being made about her life right now. That's how interesting it is. But um, she's a gay and lesbian woman, and she kept watching films where she just felt like women were being represented in not the most, um, you know, flattering manner. And so she did a test in which when you watch a film, you can tick off some things to see whether women are represented and if represented in a good light. Or it, like just present. Are women present, first of all? And if present, are they there either as a whole or like some... You know, drug, yeah. So it's like these extremes, but never like a middle of the road, complex people that can be either or. So the first one would be, um, the film has to have at least two women in it who talk to each other. That was the first <laughs> test. Um, and about something besides a man. So they can talk to each other. They have to be <laughs> at least two women. Those two women have to talk to each other. When they talk to each other, it cannot be about the man, okay. right? After being introduced, uh, does your strong female character then fail to do anything fundamentally significant to the outcome of the plot? Anything at all? So it's how valuable is she? If you were to take this character out, would the story still progress? She needs to be fundamental. If she does accomplish something plot significant, is it primarily getting raped, beaten, or killed to motivate a male hero? Um, or deciding to have sex with or not to have sex with, agreeing to date, deciding to break up with a male hero, or nagging a male hero into growing up or nagging him to stop being so heroic. Basically, does she only exist to service the male hero's needs, development, or motivations? You can tell she's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> I really should get her name and stuff. Like, okay. And then fifth is, could your strong female character be seamlessly replaced with a floor lamp with some useful information written on it to help a male hero? Again, speaking to how fundamental is she to the plot? <laughs> Could she be replaced by? By a floor lamp. Oh, a floor lamp. With okay. notes on it. Um, is a fundamental point of your plot that your strong female character is the strongest, smartest, meanest, toughest, or most experienced character in the story until the protagonist arrives? So she is the hero until the hero arrives. And then she sort of plays second fiddle to him kind of thing. Um, or worse, does he enter the story as a bumbling fuck up, but spend the whole movie rapidly evolving past her while she stays entirely static and even cheers him on? Does your strong female character exist primarily so the protagonist can impress her or look good versus her, you know, in comparison to her? It's nice if she's hyper cool, but she does she only start off that way so a male hero will look even cooler by comparison when he rescues her or surpasses her? Um, is she so strong and capable that she's never needed rescuing before now? But once that plot kicks into gear, she's suddenly captured or threatened by the villain and needs the hero's intervention. Is breaking down her pride a fundamental part of the story? This sounds like a Bond film. Basically, the the female leads are always models. They never talk to each other, and they all want to get laid by him. And it's that simple. When you put being Mary Jane to the Bechdel test, 
I think she it passes. Is she, is she a yes? It passes in every way. Uh, the the last the last one is: Does she disappear entirely for the second half or third act of the film for any reason other than because she's doing something significant to the plot besides being held hostage or dying? Yes, Mary Jane ticks all those. And we were joking about how we need to create our own Bechdel test that speaks to black women being represented in film and television. Cause we need to, we need to start asking for more and not be okay with, uh, oh, at least there's color on the screen, token black in the, I mean, you know, the spoof movies, the scream when, um, what is it? The black yes. characters die in the in first, the first five minutes. First five minutes. Always the first five minutes. Always the from first Jurassic five minutes. Park. That's why there's even a joke that if you're the black character, mm-hmm. if you're cast as a character mm-hmm. in a film that doesn't have other black people, mm-hmm. your ass is dying in the first your five minutes. Ass is gone. <laughs> but this Beth test and mm-hmm. just putting Mary Jane through this says a lot about how much TV has changed and how much cinema has changed. I mean, we spoke about Salma. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Empire. Mm-hmm. We spoke. What is that? What is the significance of that change? Is it talking to a bigger psyche in the world that the world is changing and becoming more accepting of women as standalone strong characters? You know, you know what's happening, and this is, I feel like in, in the practicalities of film is that new platforms are being created where people can go directly to something that they want to watch and they don't have to go, they don't have to watch an entire channel to get what they want. If they know this is what I like, this is what I'm going to consume. The Netflixes make it easy to see what the, um, viewing patterns of people are. And it's not as it was previously said to be. Um, and I'm speaking about America because America then dictates what the rest of the world is watching. So it's not, it's not as, it's not true that black people don't go to the cinema. It's not true that black people don't watch television. They just don't see themselves. And so there's no need to watch. And that's changing. It's changing because there's so many platforms. It's changing because they have to start speaking to people in a particular way. And by doing that, then we're able to create content specific for, to those people. I think being Mary Jane, um, precipitated the empires seeing that, okay, there's that market. Now can we do something flamboyant? How it's been so long since we saw a show like Empire with the kind of production value that it had. I mean, when I watched it though, it did feel like they were writing the episodes on the set. Like they were just like, okay, let's write this in. Because the story was all over. Every episode was like, oh, okay. That's where we And going. then they killed Malik Yoba. <laughs> Another hot black man. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that <laughs> might be the a 90s. spoiler alert, but yeah. I didn't know that. Tyler Perry killed Malik Yoba in what, what is it? Why did I get married? Oh, I was devastated. <laughs> I'm just showing my age. <laughs> but Malik Yoba is hot. But <laughs> he is hot. And if you're from the 90s, we still find him very hot. So that's the difference. That's the difference. We can watch. They can tell. South Africans will watch BET and we can create content that is not only relevant to African Americans, but South Africans will watch it so they know we have a market there. And if South Africa is watching, I'm pretty certain the rest of the continent is watching. And so there's, and for instance, Ava DuVernay has created her own distribution model for the films. So up until Selma, she was distributing her films independently. And when you do that, what they do, and the 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 um, organization is, is called a firm, African American Film and Festival Releasing Movement, and they get 
the cities that have the largest black populations like Chicago, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York, DC, um, LA, San Francisco or Oakland, wherever they are. And then they get, they organize people in those cities to create screenings. And then they create the hype and then those films get watched. So the idea that people aren't watching these films is just, you know, it's, it's, it's not true. It doesn't hold water anymore. And so that's, that's what's changing. That's what's changing. Well, the world is changing so fast. And, and thank you so much for coming on the show because I really, this is going to be, uh, by the way, this is going to be a monthly feature. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking and unpacking women, um, in film. We're going to be unpacking how films have changed to be more representative representative of Womanda. And I'm very excited because we're going to jump back and forth. We're going to do, we talked about maybe doing Sarafina and maybe coming to America we're as well as local, Medea. We're going to do international, we're going to do series, we're going to do yeah. film. We're going to talk about how women have changed in the portrayal in mm. cinema. Black women, white women, all women, because I think all women have, to a lesser extent, others, mm. but women are just misrepresented. When you spoke about the Bond film, I mean, it was a long time before mm. they were like cool Bond girls. And it was a long time before there was a black Bond girl. Mm. And we're still waiting to see if uh, James Bond ever gets a partner called Jamie Bond <laughs> or Janet Bond. Mm. But we're going to be talking about this. And your Twitter handle again is at AfroCinna. Afro- C-I-N-E-F-I-E-N-D. And the name is Lodi Matadela, if you're looking. I realize we, um, we're going by my Twitter handle. I am a person behind that Twitter handle. <laughs> and it's a new, it's a new thing that I'm trying. I'm going to be doing podcasts, um, that maybe delve a little deeper into some of the shows that we might not do on Womandla, but the main platform is here on Womandla on cliffcentral.com. Very exciting, and you yourself are a writer and a producer of yes. local film, and one of your your biggest hits. And that everybody, I mean, some people still walk around calling you by Home Affairs. Okay. Tell me a little bit about how Home Affairs was such a a different and groundbreaking show, and how seeing what's happened mm. in cinema emboldens you making content for the local platforms. Home Affairs was my very first job in in film because, uh, and this is where we met. We were in advertising and I decided I needed to write longer stories. And so I left and Home Affairs was the first series that I did. Um, and then I then did uh, Society, which was the one that I produced. And that was, um, that was the one that I felt like um, defined who I was who I was as a filmmaker and what it was I was trying to say or would ever want to say. And it was always about delving into the black female psyche, especially South African and black, I think, the most interesting people. Having seen Being Mary Jane, do you think South African cinema, South African stories can also be translated and become relevant for international markets? I think so too. I don't think African Americans are that open yet. Cause they don't, they can't see the parallels. I don't, and I don't think South Africans, uh, well, the, you see the thing about America, it's not even African Americans, it's just America in general. They dictate to everybody what we're watching. So they never have to think about, oh, you might be watching this show too, which is why there are a lot of Americanisms in the shows that we only know because we watch enough TV to realize what, to understand, an, them. yeah, to understand them. So, um, it might take a while. 
It's about whether they're interested or not. But if you're in the free world, do you are you really interested in what everybody else is listening to or watching or what their life experience is? I'd hope so. And that's it for the show today. We've been talking about being Mary Jane. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on BET on Thursdays, I think. Tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow night. That's on DSTV, BET on, channel. On BET, but you can also get um, the rest of season one. You can get on online. You can get it through various channels. Check it out. Let us know what you think, you know, about it. And next month again, we'll be talking tech. We'll be talking cinema with Afro, Afro Cine Fiend. Right here on Womandla. Thank you for joining us. I'll see you next week. Cliffcentral.com.